0: Coming up, what an excellent day for the movies! Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 68 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark.
1: And I'm Keenan Diaz.
0: And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Karis saying very much to Kinderman's question of whether or not he likes movies.
1: And it ends with Karis smiling before he goes through a door
0: more caris smiling here folks <laughs> they're teasing with the us smiling
1: with smiling this. this guy <laughs> ah, you
0: always be walking around smiling your big <laughs> your big galoot what is a galoot
1: oh god i have no idea i didn't know there'd be a quiz today <laughs>
0: keenan what is an aglet
1: uh, an aglet is the little um uh, plastic thing at the end of a shoelace
0: there we go there we go excellent excellent yeah but, uh, <laughs> but yes but they are teasing us folks um but after this, the smiles are going to be few and far between. So let's enjoy them while we can, shall we? <laughs> um, back to the top of this minute. So Kinderman catches up to Karis and he follows up on his offer. He gets passes to the best shows in town. Now, already that term, the best shows in town, sounds a little weird. Keenan, you might know a little bit more than me about like the history of... Um, I guess movie distribution in the theaters. Uh, like I remember we talked briefly about how back in the day movies weren't necessarily like as accessible as they are today. Like they, they might mm-hmm. only be available in certain theaters and at certain times, and if you live in a smaller town, depending on like where you live, they might not make it to your little town at all.
1: : Right, or they might get there a year after everyone's seen them in the big towns.
0: Right. yeah. So when Kinderman says he gets passes to the best shows. So like see that's the thing that's confusing me I was like why not just say you get free passes to all of the shows like a movie ticket is a movie ticket it just go like it just goes to show how much has changed since then I mean like Keenan can you remember well, I- the last time
1: I, I think I think what you have to understand here is that Kinderman is a big weirdo and he's saying this <laughs> phrase that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> OK, I, like he like he's as if he's saying like theater tickets. He has he has theater tickets. That's what right? it sounds like. It yes. sounds like
0: the best shows in town. Like, right. You know. Like
1: he has tickets to the symphony, but he's talking about movie tickets. So, yeah, I think I
0: think he's just a weirdo. Okay, so what you're saying is that even back in the day, this didn't mean anything. This I is believe, like yes, I believe this is this is a joke, okay uh, could be me wrong down. yeah if I'm
1: not thinking about anything, but yeah, 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 you would um, yes, this is nonsense, I think, okay.
0: <laughs> This is more Kinderman Schmaltz here, folks. I I
1: think so, yeah. You know, the the closest thing that I can think of, I mean, movie, it it, it does get difficult to get movies uh, later on, like when they're on video, where there are finite Mm. copies of things. So I remember when I, the movie that got me into seeing movies seriously as a kid was uh, Fargo. Okay. So I would have seen Fargo uh, sometime after the Oscar win for it, so sometime in 97, so I would have been 13. And uh, that was the first movie I saw where I was aware of film as art. Um, hmm. and I had seen other movies, uh, you know, that I would say are art earlier. So like, you know, The Lion King, Fantasia, Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. um, so I uh, Die Hard, um, but mm-hmm. that, but Fargo was the first one where I was like, oh, where I was noticing, I wasn't just being entertained, I was also like really, you know, disturbed and noticing like the art behind it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that that movie won a couple Oscars at the um at the Oscar ceremony in February, mm-hmm. and I tried to get. At the local video store, a copy of Fargo for months. Mm. <laughs> so going to like uh, this is this is very different from how it is streaming today. Like I would go yeah. every week and and try to get that one copy of Fargo at the video store. I was like, this is all I want to do is see Fargo. <laughs> it's all I've been thinking about yeah. every time I go. It's just they used to have. Um, if for any younger listeners. They would have an empty VHS case with the poster <sighs> on it, um, oh. right? So that you would look, oh, there it is, there it is. But what you were looking for was a Hollywood video or blockbuster video branded case behind it that had the actual tape in it. Right. So you would know, okay, they, they still they still have a Fargo somewhere because they have the um, the the empty case uh, with the poster on it. But somebody has it, right? And that would go every single week. It took me months to get a copy of Fargo. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. kids today. <laughs> kids today. Kids
1: today. I mean, I, I had to like get, you know, my parents, you know, take me to the video store or call <laughs> on the telephone and talk to a human being. Yes. And ask them what the deal with Fargo is. And you couldn't like put yourself on a list or a queue or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, younger folks, you you will never know the <laughs> the frustration, but also the, I don't know, like the excitement and like adventure of mm-hmm. trying to find something mm-hmm. that is not – immediately readily available right like like younger folks gather round and let uncle lester and uncle keenan tell you a tale right a tale a, a tale of when entertainment was finite and sometimes it was so scarce that you had to go without right it's a tale of searching high and low far and wide for for a, 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 a blockbuster movie or a library book or a, a theater that was showing the movie that you wanted to see like a tale of, of, of bus trips of road trips a tale of of waiting in line, right? That is, of course. <laughs> that is, of course, unless you had a friend like Lieutenant William F. Kinderman who got passes. Passes not just to any show, but to the, the best, best shows. <laughs> Keenan, in an alternate hot dog universe, what what shows does Kinderman have exclusive passes to? Like, what's playing in in 1972 oh, or 73?
1: Oh yeah, well, The Godfather for sure. He might have a ticket okay. to The Godfather. So they're going to see The Godfather. Exclusive right? Nobody so, else can see. So hard to see The Godfather. Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> or, or cabaret, he might have been seeing cabaret, or mm-hmm. um, Sounder, the movie about the dog.
0: Okay, all right,
1: yeah, and and uh, the Exorcist comes out relatively late, so I don't know when the Sting came out. The movie that was the other big hit of the nineteen seventy three, um, right? But yeah, it's possible he could have seen the the Sting, <gasps> and then our our Oscar, you know, our, our Exorcist fans are like. Oh damn it! Like that's the movie that beat The exorcists or they're like, their that, rivals oh, or something. <laughs> I would love to see.
0: I would love to see them like walking out of a movie theater, and on the marquee it just says The Sting, mm-hmm. and then Karis and Kinderman just turn and turn to each other. It's like, what did you think of that?
1: Eh.
0: <laughs> boo, Needed a little work. Boo. Boo.
1: Okay, so what <laughs> I see actually is The Sting came out on Christmas Day of '73, and The Exorcist uh-huh. came out uh, the day after, or
0: the day after Christmas. Yeah.
1: All right, so yeah, they were they were they had a fair race. <laughs>
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I like this. Okay. Well, I like to imagine a universe where like Karis and Kinderman go to see The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> But it's but whoa, wait, wait. it's it's starring Shirley MacLaine yes Tatum O'Neill, <laughs> Stacey Keach and George C Scott oh, right because he, he, he was he was Kinderman great, in the yeah. in in the other one yeah.
1: oh oh yeah duh I'm like why is the, that's such great <laughs> casting yes because he's he's Kinderman later on
0: yes yeah yeah but but their biggest concern uh-huh. upon exiting the theater is that no one in the movie had hot dog fingers
1: yeah what's with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> how strange that's,
0: that's how you could tell it was a fiction right also. <laughs> Did you see the X-rays? That girl didn't have any bones in her brain. <laughs> Talk about a movie mistake! Right? I mean. Yeah. So
1: in that universe, they open Reagan up, and the helium comes out, and they gotta, they gotta, <laughs> <laughs> they gotta push blood into her body. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: We got cerebrospinal fluid, and that, and and in that universe, right? Kids are going to the carnival. They're going to the circus, right? And they're having birthday parties, and they're filling balloons with cerebrospinal fluid. <laughs>
1: Right. And, uh, and it's just Sharon, like, <laughs> 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 but they love blue. They're like, Yay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sharon is dating a man horse.
0: Yes, right. <laughs> Different from a horseman. How you figure that out? <laughs> uh, okay, 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 okay. But yeah. So our our friend Kinderman, he gets passes to all the best shows, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because you're laughing. I don't know what triggered that
1: because right. because he doesn't because it's just a silly. Thing. He doesn't get past of the best
0: <laughs> shows. All right, I'm going to say that again. Um,
1: all movies cost the same amount of money. That's I, that's,
0: that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what?
1: Right. We're, we're now. So if you're listening in uh, fifty twenty three and you're like, what? Oh. All movies, no matter how expensive the movie was, they charge mm-hmm. the same for the ticket price. Yeah, that might go away in the future.
0: Mm. Um, that is what, some... in the future, all movies will be the same. Um, <laughs> and they'll just be about like, you know, you know, uh, uh work for your dollar and, <laughs> and praise the, you know, uh, the plastic overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all movies will be
1: the same exactly um yeah, but that's what that's no what, laughing uh, <laughs> right only work, only work <laughs> um but yeah, that's what some uh some hollywood economists and, and uh journalists think might happen in the future is that Indiana Jones would cost more than and everything every all at once when you buy the ticket oh. because there's higher demand for that for the um for the indiana Jones movies and Interesting. and they're more expensive
0: Hmm. huh, yeah, well. That's a future that uh, I never want to visit. <laughs> oh,
1: right, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah. so, so he has passes all the best shows,
0: all the best shows, right? But, but Keenan, Mrs. K, she gets tired. She right. never likes to go. Right. right. And now, folks, you'll notice ever since this shot began, he he has, uh, Karis has that mask on again, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not something you'd notice if you're watching this, like like Kenan says, like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who's like pausing and and rewinding and, and watching in little bits and pieces, I could see that his expression was like a little different here. So much so that I noticed, uh, like we were talking about how nice it was to see him without the mask, seeing him like smiling. Mm-hmm. And now it's back, right? And it caught me so off guard that I actually wondered like if maybe- they shot this like on a different day, or or someone's like just m- like messing up with the continuity or something.
1: Oh, well, I mean, they could have shot it in two different days, but more likely, I mean, you know, when you do different, you know, when you have different pieces of coverage, you have different performance takes all the time. So
0: right, right, yeah. yeah. Um But then I thought to myself, hang on, Lester, if someone had been living with that mask for mm-hmm. as long as you know, has has developed it over years of practice, surely, surely they'd be able to slip in and out of it very, very quickly. And now I can see like a world where Karis finishes this pleasant little exchange in which like he genuinely felt something for this guy and then just turns around and shuts it off, right? right? And and now he's back to gloomy Karis walking down the street.
1: Yeah, um, I've talked a little bit. Like, I uh, I don't think I have resting bitch face necessarily, but I have I mm. certainly have resting do not talk to me face. <laughs> 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 like, like, uh, and t- I think it takes a little bit, you know, when people first get to know me, I think it's like lately like, like, they're surprised how how warm I am or what have you or how, you know, pleasant I, I try to be because, yeah, just my, my face, my natural mask is just like, I'm uninterested in you. and <laughs> 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 But I'm actually very interested in people. So, um, yeah, uh, Karis might have that as well, just so yeah. naturally. Like, but I think it's more to your point, like, He's he's cultivated that mask, right? right? Right, right.
0: I have resting, not well rested face, <laughs> and I and I only know that because people have um, commented. It's Keenan. This is not something you say to somebody, is it? Right like, no. am I am I wrong? Like, like apropos of nothing someone just like out of the blue was like you look really tired
1: (laughs) and you're like nice to meet you i'm lester yeah
0: like fuck you like what (laughs) yeah Uh.
1: no but that must mean that they that they think that you are normally well rested right for them to say
0: that i mean well here's the secret Mm I'm always tired. (laughs) But like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. So I got resting tired face apparently, Mm -hmm. which is an oxymoron because resting and tired. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, I've got resting, trying to rest face. Right.
1: Yeah. You've been, you've been apologizing, um, on our listener group for, for our episodes being silly Uh recently because they're the, the ones where we're covering really awful stuff happening to Reagan or awful stuff happening to Damien. But yeah, yeah, that's our secret cap.
0: We're Mm -hmm. always silly. (laughs) We're always silly. It's not you know what, like the, the movies by minute um conglomeration, you mm-hmm. know, movies by minute inc, um, you know, they, they don't they don't decide who covers what movies. Right. So, you know, it's just the fact, you know, you wanted the Exorcist, but look who you got to, to cover it. I mean
1: <laughs> Some silly bullies.
0: Yeah, we could we could have been doing planes, trains and automobiles and, <laughs> and we'd be we'd be right in you know, actually no, I think just like by our nature. Mm. Kenan, like yeah. we'd be covering planes, trains, and automobiles, and make it right. would get
1: really dark. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like about about the nature of being on the road as a as a <laughs> as a shower ring curtain salesman, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, shower mm-hmm. curtain ring salesman, and, and what that means, and yeah.
0: I'm always moving from place to place, and like when I get there, I just want to want to move on, and and, <laughs> and when I'm on the road, I want to I want to get to where I'm going, but then when I get there, I just I just want to mm-hmm. keep going somewhere else. Right. I want to go back.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And we we talked no a home. lot about like how john candy really died
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: like we in every episode we remind you that john candy is dead in
0: real life <laughs> right 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 just, oh, too soon too soon right. too
1: soon
0: <laughs> But anyway, okay, so back to this this uh, Laugh-A-Minute movie. Of The Exorcist. Um, of The Exorcist. <laughs> okay, okay. Not planes, trains, and automobiles. Not planes, trains, and automobiles, right. Yeah, so we got gloomy Karis walking down the street, but Kinderman isn't letting him go so easily, folks. He, he runs after our boy Karis, and he asks him if he likes movies, because it turns out, Kenan, Kinderman really likes movies.
1: <laughs> he sure does.
0: In fact, he loves to talk film. He loves to discuss, to critique. So he likes to watch movies and talk about them. Mm-hmm. What a weirdo. <laughs>
1: He's tracking this guy down. Miller. Let me, let me talk about a movie to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's in the backseat of the cab. He's like, our second minute begins with a- him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Detective Kinderman. That, that's really great. I haven't seen that movie since I was in high school. I was like, well, let me tell you what happens.
0: <laughs> you don't need to. You just, you just listen to my podcast. I have a podcast by the way. <laughs> You can listen
1: to it on your phone.
0: Yeah. You can
1: listen to it on your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Captain Howdy told me about it. Nah, trust me, it totally works.
1: <laughs> so so yeah, he's like So Detective Kinderman, no offense, but you they gave they gave you a radio show to talk about <laughs> movies. What what qualifies you to talk about movies?
0: Well I uh I get I get passes to all the best movies. <laughs> it's not everybody who can can see, you know, um uh, Othello starring, uh, Groucho Marx. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> I need you, <laughs> Father, Father, before you go, friend, I just need you to, to leave a review on your favorite podcaster. <laughs> you need me to leave a review. Yeah, it's on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go on your phone and leave
0: a review. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars, please. You know, uh, another listener in sunny California, no less, You went to jail for leaving three stars. <laughs> mention it only in passing, only in passing.
1: (laughs) I mean, hey, you could leave five stars to your taxi driver, you could leave five stars to your dentist. Detective Kitterman, I need to go. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what you are saying. And then he sees a confession with Father He's like, he says he's a cop, but he... (laughs) He also says to give five stars to you. my hairdresser. Gives five stars. He's obsessed with giving out stars. I don't know.
0: Father Dyer opens that little that little slidey thing. It's like, you mean you haven't listened to his podcast? It's great. Sometimes I listen to him, like, like right after I finish him. I re-listen to I re-listen to him. Just to help the algorithm, you know?
1: Well, my son, say five Hail Marys and give me a five-star review with... <laughs> <laughs> At Catholicchurch.org.
0: Catholicchurch.org. <laughs> nice priest, really pleasant. A little bit of a resting bitch face though. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh God, where the hell are we?
1: Oh, I don't know, but there is a real Catholic church Catholic Church.org, I've found. So, really? Yeah.
0: Catholic dash church.org. Yes. Because they're always in a hurry. <laughs> Not as fast as those Russian Orthodox,
1: though. <laughs> right. They don't have a website at the, or- at the Orthodox. They're too busy. <laughs> they don't got time.
0: Okay, yes. So so back to my notes. So, so the next thing I have in my notes is that Kinderman's whole thing is that he gets distracted. <laughs> 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 and he goes off on <laughs> – all these tangents all the time. All these tangents all the time. So if you guys think we're bad, wait till you hear Kinderman's show. E- like each minute is going to be like four hours long.
1: <laughs> and at the end of every, he goes, "Wait, wait, what movie was I supposed to be talking about?" <laughs> oh, well, we're we're out of time. Oh. Come back next week. We'll talk about American Graffiti. Yes. <laughs> well, can I can I read to you from the screenplay yes. a little bit?
0: Please do. Help us. Help us out of this.
1: Speaking about the way that Kinderman um, does tangents, I mean that's in the that's in the finished film. But I'd like to to, to read uh, something that like got cut out, or I don't know if it got cut out of the movie, or they cut this from the script before they started shooting this. Um, but this is between our two scenes here. So uh-huh. uh, back on the railing where um, where uh, Father Karras says is that a threat. Mm-hmm. We go, is that a threat? And he's, don't uh, don't talk paranoid. I mentioned it in passing, right? So we cut there. So here we go. A reading from the screenplay of Blatty. Karis, slight warm smile. That a threat? Kinderman, don't talk paranoid. I mentioned it in passing. I could always tell the judge it was a matter of confession. Kinderman, glancing at him, faintly gloomy. Want to go into business, father? Father? What father? You're a Jew. I could tell when I met you. Karis chuckles. kinderman. Yes, laugh, go ahead, laugh. But then Kinderman smiles, looking implicitly pleased with himself, and turns to Karis with beaming eyes. That reminds me, the interest exam for policeman father, when I took it one question went something like, What are rabies and what would you do for them? Know what some dumbhead put down for an answer? Rabies, he said, are Jew priests, and I would do anything that I could for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeesh. <laughs>
1: So what do we think about, you know, cutting some of the, so yeah, so it seems here like not only is he, I don't know. It reads that one reads on the page like he really did get distracted and off on a tangent, as opposed to him Columboing his way through and like pretending to get distracted.
0: Well, okay, so uh, yeah, as soon as you started that, I was like, oh, 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 I know this, oh, I know okay. this little bit of dialogue well <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because it's also in the book, right? Um, and maybe it's just uh, Blatty himself as he's reading the audiobook. Mm-hmm. He he seems to. I mean, obviously, he's the one who wrote the dialogue, right. so he he knows exactly like the cadence and the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. But um, he he plays it off really you know it it's still part of that that tennis match that they're mm-hmm. uh that they're doing so it it comes off as kind of like um jovial and funny mm-hmm. and and they're just kind of like ribbing each other it's yeah. like you know it's like want to go to business father you know go into business father mm-hmm. and uh Karis is just like you know just kind of like chuckling He's like like father what father you are Jew. i could tell you you know first <laughs> time i met you right so
1: he's so <laughs> accusing the catholic priest of being a jew i think is funny um and i think that starts wait, wait, to wait, wait, wait.
0: Hmm? I thought that was always Karis saying that Kinderman was a Jew.
1: No, this is Kinderman saying, uh, father, you're not a father, you're a Jew.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's
1: what it says here in the script.
0: <laughs> and I've been reading this book for how many years now?
1: <laughs> I think the joke is like, oh, come on, stop, stop with top this father bit. You're a Jew. Look at you. You look like a Jew and I'm a Jew and let's be Jews together.
0: That makes so much more sense. <laughs>
1: Right. It's not Karis Jew bashing.
0: I was like, that's a weird (laughs) line, Karis. Like what? Like, even if you say it friendly, what are you doing?
1: No, no. No, It's Kinderman. Yeah. Saying like, like, you know, I'm a Jew, you're a Jew. Come on. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that, that has to be the way.
0: (laughs) Okay. So folks, this, this is an argument for, um, not listening to audiobooks and actually reading the goddamn thing.
1: Because
0: then I would have been able to see that they're two different uh quotations. Mm-hmm. Oh my God.
1: Well I think that's interesting. Like I, I guess to jump really ahead. I hate that the version you've never seen T V Y N S ends with Kinderman. Mm-hmm. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I know that you like it uh you like it enough, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um some people really hate it, some people like it. But it certainly speaks to um to this idea that we have again, we have another, like, uh, you know, a, a cross faith friendship blooming. Right. Yes. That Kinderman is a Jew and Dyer is a Catholic, like we have Marin as a Catholic and uh, the Jesuit dean being, mm-hmm. um, um, no, not Jesuit An Arab dean. curator. No, no, the Arab curator. Oh my God. You
0: did that on purpose. <laughs> I did
1: not do that on purpose. That Father Marin is friends with the Arab curator. and not by Jesuit Roy Cooper. Dean. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know where we have... Exp- so we've cut out, again, explicitly where we say that Kinderman is a Jew. I think that we would have to... Um, yeah, it doesn't say... Yeah, it. we, we wouldn't know that. But we he's speaking Yiddish. He's played by a Jewish actor, Lee Jacob, and he's, he's mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. playing him certainly as a Jew, but we don't have the lines where it says that, that he's Jewish. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've cut that out of the movie. Mm. I think a 1970s audience would be much more aware of, of what that is. I think a lot mm-hmm. of... Um, a lot of uh my students have trouble recognizing when characters are meant to be Jews. Um not that they're like coded, like coded queer characters. They're not coded as Jews. They're not like hiding them or anything. Um right. but just like we don't we don't see stock Jewish characters anymore. Right. Um we don't recognize Jonah Hill as a Jew, right? I mean right. like he's he's just a he's just a dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a funny dude.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Actually going back to what you were saying uh about yeah that not being mentioned in the movie now that i think about it in this movie we have both of those things taken out right mm-hmm. cuz we we have uh i mean at least you know if we're going by the x-rays or whatever or or the the um textual material about this right. movie mm-hmm. it's never revealed that the arab curator is an arab curator and that they are friends right. and you know what i mean mm-hmm. um well, I guess they embrace, but uh, they, they embrace
1: it, but we don't, we don't, we could completely overlook that, um, that most likely he is, he's a Muslim.
0: Right, right, right. So, and it, and it seems like Blatty is the one who is, is kind of like planting his flag in the sand about like, look, like Father Marin has a, um, you know, a, a what did you call it? Like a cross. Uh, friendship?
1: Oh, I don't know what I just said. <laughs> <You> said <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what phrase I just used. I, a uh, friendship across fates yeah, or something like that? Yeah, something good. I said something real good a little yeah, while ago. Did. Yeah, you um, did.
0: Yeah, go back and listen, whatever that is, folks. Um, but yeah, like, like, so it seems like Blatty is the one making that statement that right. like, look, Father Marin is is friends with this person of another religion mm-hmm. and so is Father Karras now mm-hmm. with, uh, with, uh, with Kinderman, right? right? I mean, we don't know if Kinderman's practicing. We don't, you know, right? I mean... I don't I don't I don't think Karis is practicing either.
1: <laughs> right. But uh yeah, and it's also interesting to me, like Blatty is a Catholic. He went to Georgetown, mm-hmm. he studied theology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He becomes a comedy writer, which at the time is um Dominated by a new breed of Jewish comedians, as I said, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like the way that black music is American music, and American music is black music. Jewish mm-hmm. comedy is American comedy, American comedy is Jewish comedy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Blatty, uh, we, we were thinking early on, like, oh, is Blatty? We assume Blatty is Karis, right? Because Karis is the main right. character. Um, but maybe the self-insert character, the alter ego character, is Kinderman, hmm. right?
0: The because Jewish Kinderman character. is the one who travels to the next book as well
1: that's true right and he continues and, on to the next yeah book. kinderman feels the most like blatty right uh like mm. the more that we've thought about what blatty does and we've been able to you know compare to compare the script to the book to the uh the film etc like the the things that get cut out of other people's mouths uh in the film uh mm-hmm. fit really well in kinderman's mouth like the yeah. smaltzy like smaltzy not just in like um in the comedy way that that uh, uh, Kinderman talks about, but also like the overly emotional way.
0: Yeah, interesting. I wonder then. I wonder if somebody could could kind of do uh, a statement on how Kinderman and Char- like Kinderman plus Karras uh-huh. equals
1: Bladdy. Right, right. That's probably the most complete. Yeah, that's probably correct. Yeah, very interesting.
0: Because like like maybe maybe uh, uh, Kinderman is is what Bladdy is like outwardly, mm-hmm. and Karis is what he's in like. Uh, what, he, what he is inside. Yeah, maybe. Because um, he did, like, I, I think we mentioned on the show before, but, like, according to William Friedkin, uh, Blatty offered up his entire salary mm-hmm. just to just to play uh, uh, Damien Karras. Right. Mm-hmm. So he I, I, he had a lot of uh, affection for this character. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And then also he did, like, what was it? Uh, he did uh, Clouseau?
1: He a Shot wrote, in the Dark? He wrote,
0: uh, yeah, he wrote Shot in the Dark, partly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I I I think we just discovered something.
1: (laughs) Finally, (laughs) yes, something new. (laughs) We finally did
0: something. Something that hasn't been said on (laughs) all of the other podcasts about the Exorcist, or the YouTube videos, or the or the 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 documentaries, or everything. You got you got it, guys. Kinderman plus Karis equals Blatty.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got these comparative lit nerds
0: doing that work. Yeah, yep, yep. This is this is the this is the venomous diagram. (laughs) But actually, yeah. So, so speaking to that, Keenan. Um, yeah, I I know how you feel about this this new ending with Kinderman and, and Dyer, right? And I actually, it was in my notes. I wanted to check in with you about this scene right here. It seems like their interaction is. Uh, like is over Karis walks away and then kinderman chases him down and starts talking about movies do you think this is another kinderman trick here or is he being genuine like he just wants to go see a movie with this guy like mm-hmm. I go back and forth on, on this like whether or not this is like him trying to bust the case or him like just wanting a friend
1: yeah it's funny uh I'm not sure where I where I am on it I think that that Karis is suspicious of it because it is like oh we just had this fencing match back there and so like is this continued fencing match that would be mm-hmm. something to keep my guard on But also, if this is a genuine expression of friendship, that's also something I would keep my guard on about. like, (laughs) like, like, Don't you know who I am? I'm like a potential murder suspect or a person of interest, like someone who's protecting the (laughs) the murderer. Do you want to go to the the movies with me? I don't know. I want to go to the movies with you.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, Yeah. Okay. But to me, and and maybe this is uh, because I've read the book so many times, like this feels – this – feels genuine mm-hmm. like like he meets this guy while he's on the case right he, he sort of meets his match right. conversationally right mm-hmm. like like he tries to pull the old kinderman schmaltz right and it doesn't work right and he's like gee this guy is actually fun to talk to like i like i wonder if he'd want to see a film mm-hmm. right and like i know i keep jumping back to like book kinderman but and, and, and this isn't even like exorcist book Kinderman. Like this is in Legion. Um, It starts out with him and Father Dyer, who are now best friends. Um, but it starts out with each of them telling someone else, um, oh, I can't tomorrow. Tomorrow's my date with Father Dyer. Mm-hmm. Or Father Dyer says like, oh, tomorrow's my date with Kinderman. And the other character is like, oh, it's tomorrow. Uh, uh, because it's like this yearly thing. They have this little date every year. Mm-hmm. And both Kinderman and Dyer describe it respectfully to uh, or respectively, respectful, no, respectively, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to this, to this third person, like, Yeah, every year around this time, Dyer gets depressed, so I have to go and cheer him up, right? Or Dyer says, Yeah, Kinderman gets depressed and I gotta go cheer him up. Mm -hmm. And it's really sweet. Like, both of them are like mourning the loss of their mutual friend and they keep this appointment to cheer each other up on this day uh, and they never miss it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, All all this to say, like, from from the books, I get the feeling that Kinderman is being genuine in this moment, Mm -hmm. that he really does like Karis and he wants to go see a film with him. I mean, like, maybe it can be both. Maybe. He's one of those people who can, like, mix work with life, right? In in fact, I I think he is like that. Like, we'll see in later readings um, that his mind just never sleeps. Like, Mm -hmm. he's always on. Um, But, yeah, I I think he's being genuine here. Mm,
1: That's interesting. I mean, this this, uh, idea of them – Dyer and Kinderman trying to um, help each other out with their with their depression and, and not recognize that they need to be um, they need to work on their own depression, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's really sweet and I'm sure Billy Friedkin wants nothing to do with that kind of yeah, thing. This yeah. does not sound like a Friedkin uh, character at all. Yeah,
0: but folks, if you want to lean that way, right, if, if that's true, then this is one of those like counteracting themes, right? We got communion, we got friendship, we got togetherness, mm-hmm. right? Both of these men feel like they're, they're feeble little candles in the darkness, right? But Together they make each other's worlds a little bit brighter. So it could go either way. You could you could look at it um, any any old way you please, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah. So Kinderman's got passes to the crest. It's Othello, right? <laughs> okay. So 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 this is the 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 second the third Shakespeare reference by Blatty, right? right. Like I think this guy really likes his Shakespeare. Yeah. Honestly, Keenan, I I, I I can't stand those people.
1: <laughs> he's always um, trapping his friends with Shakespeare. Yeah, he's always. Got it. <laughs>
0: And there we are again, um, but uh, but also th- like this is the second or third reference to a movie that could easily be mistaken for something else. Mm-hmm. Like like first we go first we got Willie going to see the Beatles by herself, right? Because Carl went to see Paul Schofield in <laughs> King Lear. And, and it was now, probably,
1: Willie going to see Let It Be. I think we decided the movie right. of, about the Beatles breaking up.
0: Right. And Paul Schofield was probably in a film, like the, the film version with Paul right. Schofield. Yeah. Probably, so, yeah. so, but like you go, you tell somebody, it's like, I'm going to go see the Beatles. I'm going to go see King <laughs> Lear. They think you're, you're, for both of those, you're talking about a live performance. And now right. we got Kinderman being like, and Othello is playing, right? <laughs> and, and, and all of those things could be other things, right? right? Like they could be live performances or concerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Wait, so, Karis asks, who's in it? Right. That always that always struck me as um, it, it just brought to mind a time when like the names in the film, like the glamour of Hollywood was the main thing. Definitely. Right. Absolutely.
1: That was the main reason why you saw movies back back then.
0: Was it, like we're going to we're going to go see a Clark Gable picture. Right. And you don't ask like what it's about.
1: No. Who cares? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, it's Clark Gable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're going through again what like Hollywood economists and, and journalists are talking about it's like the, the death of the movie star. Mm. Um and I don't know how much you talked about it on this show before, even though I swear mm. I listened to the show. I don't remember if we talked about it <laughs> But um, starting in the late '90s, the the movie star the movie star kind of peaks with like people who are making twenty million dollars a picture, like um, yeah. Cameron Diaz and, and Will Smith and Jim Carrey and uh, mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger and Julia Roberts, and that has we have never been back to that stage again since the 1990s. And there's a bunch of different theories for why that I, I won't get into here. But but yeah, nowadays the the movie star is not as big of a deal for sure. So when we have franchises like um, Ant Man or whatever, it's not really about you necessarily wanting to go and see jonathan majors or paul rudd it really is because like you've you're sort of um you've got stockholm syndrome with your captor the marvel cinematic universe and you're like well i saw the other ones etc
0: we love you andy (laughs) um
1: No, no, no. But this is, this is, again, like that, that's just a different type of draw to the movie. So the franchise movie does not need stars as much. Um, It still helps. And still today, like, that's the main way that movies get financed is by attaching a star, because it's basically like, oh, well, this star is putting their reputation on the line, and they say this script is a good movie. And so financiers are much more likely to accept that, that it's a good uh, risk to take. So
0: yeah, yeah, even I mean, like, like, even just beyond that, like, we don't even have to talk about a franchise. Just the concept of a movie can be enough to like, Oh, did you hear about, um, about this movie? It, it takes place at this time. Oh, there's never been a movie, you know, talking about this time or yeah. this point of view or, or, or as crazy as everything everywhere all at once or something like that. Well,
1: that's right? true. So there's also this this at the same time as the movie stars going away, there's a disappearance in the what's called the medium sized movie. So movies basically get more and more expensive to the point where it's like Titanic and then Avatar and the franchise movies and then smaller and smaller and smaller and cheaper. So something like in everything all at once or uh, everything everywhere at once or even something smaller than that. And the medium-sized movie, which, um, you know, there were in the 1970s, like The Exorcist is not the most expensive movie ever made or anything like that. Right? Um, neither is The Godfather. These are medium-sized movies. And a lot of the, the money that's being spent there is on the stars. And so what happens is that in the 1980s, the medium-sized movie starts to go away. In the 90s, um, we actually uh, – movie stars take – pay cuts to be in interesting movies like uh, a pulp fiction or a shakespeare in love they actually reduce their salaries to get paid almost what day players would get paid right and and yeah the medium-sized movie just goes away so those movies used to be able to just uh get people in the seats because of the star itself so like a bet midler or a robin williams or whatever that would be enough and those movies would survive and
0: now that's just not the right. case yeah huh mm. it's sometimes i mean like now i'm thinking of like um you would think of a of, of a of a movie star who has who has been on that trajectory had they've, they've gone through that journey of like a rise and fall and then they've disappeared and we don't talk about them anymore mm-hmm. and then suddenly there's all this buzz about them being in this like little movie that's like you know uh, uh, getting all these accolades mm-hmm. and it's like oh my gosh and it's so different uh, what this what this actor is doing we right. forgot all about this actor and we've stereotyped them as this one thing mm-hmm. but now they're they're giving this like completely unique and moving performance in this in this uh, you know in this tiny little tiny film and little and, and yeah and that that like um, catapults them back into uh, the public eye
1: yeah so they can I mean that's like the Pulp Fiction Miramax model like John Travolta takes a huge pay cut and Bruce Willis takes a huge pay cut two big stars to be in mm-hmm. a movie that they wouldn't normally get to do because they're stuck in like. Um, you know, franchise movies like um, Look Who's Talking and Look Who's Talking Too, mm-hmm. and now we want to, we want, he wants to play Travolta wants to play like a sexy hitman guy, and he's not getting this part. So, in order to do that, you have to take this pay cut, and um, and then yeah, then from there, Travolta becomes one of the biggest stars of the nineties. Yeah, he yeah. gets to be in huge movies about nuclear weapons and uh, switching people's faces.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a time, folks, before John Travolta was known for uh, taking people's faces <laughs> off and talking to Nick Cage. <laughs> He was talking to babies, that's and right. babies were talking back. I, and that's what we knew him for. I
1: just realized that the baby in "Look Who's Talking" is Bruce Willis. So that's right. So they, both, not... so they both went from "Look Who's Talking" to "Pulp Fiction." Oh my god! Yeah, look at that. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Why I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. But, anyways, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about movie stars because, yeah, that's that's sort of the joke that Kinderman has here. So I'm glad you brought up mm-hmm. that. Um, yes.
0: Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Karis asks, who's in it? And, you know, like I said, that always struck me as like, like the glamour of Hollywood uh, type thing. Right? In fact, later, Kinderman invites him to the crest again and tells him what's playing. And this is after like, Karis has already met Chris and he wants to let Kinderman know he's onto him. So he says something like, are you sure that's what's playing, Lieutenant? Uh, I could have sworn it was a Chris McNeil picture. <laughs> um, and it's just this little wink, like, yeah, I know that's why you're like hanging around so much. But, but yeah, like- um, um, I, I just thought that was really cool. Um, so, in any case, uh, Karis asks who's in it, and Kinderman answers. He's like, "Who's in it? Debbie Reynolds is Desdemona, and Othello Groucho Marx." You happy? No, it's it's interesting how this joke lands today. Mm-hmm. I, I think Groucho Marx is is how we know that this is a joke, right? Yeah, I think right? So. But even my students who don't know who that is, like, and they certainly don't know who Debbie Reynolds is, oh, like, like I, Kenan, don't,
1: I don't think so. I think they know Debbie Reynolds.
0: Um, My students? Yeah, I think so. You're making a lot of assumptions (laughs) about my students.
1: (laughs) Well, it's interesting. So um, I show "Singing in the Rain" every year to my to my freshmen. And, um, and for a while I would say like, and this is Debbie Reynolds and she is Carrie Fisher's mother. And they would go, Oh yes, yes, yes. yes (laughs) And then a couple of years ago I would get, I got corrected by the students and this is Debbie Reynolds and she's best. She was a huge star in the fifties and sixties. And, um, and then she became best known now, I suppose, as Carrie Fisher's mother. And they would say, absolutely not. She's the grandmother in Halloween town. You take that back. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh yes, you're right. You grew up with her as the grandma in Halloween town, as the star of the Halloween town series.
0: The, which, if you're right. if
1: you're too old to know what that is that's a Disney Channel series where debbie Reynolds was the star yeah she was mm-hmm, the magical
0: mm-hmm. witch grandmother yep yeah
1: yep, yep. so I mean this cha- that's it changes all the time you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, what people were
0: yeah. known for right um so so I mean the fact that it changes mm-hmm. like if we had to if Keenan, if we had to revitalize this joke for the current generation, who today would star in this comic tragedy or this is this, a this, uh, tragic comedy?
1: <laughs> well, I think it's supposed, I think that's what the joke is, right? Like he's just he's, it's a straight Othello with Groucho Marx and Debbie Reynolds, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I think the, jo- the joke is that they're also outdated. Right, like that's how we know it's a joke. Oh, is that okay. Debbie yeah. Reynolds is not a star in 1973 the way she was ten years ago. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this might be um like a Dolly Parton. Okay, so Dolly Parton as Desdemona and, and... Uh, Kevin Hart as uh, as Gracha Mark. Except Kevin Hart. Well, he's the well, star Kevin, uh, Kevin Hart is Groucho Marx. Kevin Hart is Othello. Mean, as Othello. <laughs> but, but then that's the trouble is that like Kevin Hart is big now. And Othello, it, you know, I was casting it, I guess, as a black person playing Othello. But back then,
0: right. it would be black. Because you fans. don't want to do the other way. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's one of the things that is missing mm-hmm. is um, we used to have uh, this really handy poll that was called the Quigley Poll where they would go into the mm-hmm. movie theaters and interview the owners of the movie theaters and ask who is the biggest movie star in the the country right now and they asked the people at the movie theaters rather than the studio executives because they would get to know like um at a retail level the idea was movie theater people would be able to hear from the people going in the movies like oh i just love that tom holland i would see anything tom holland right um so they stopped doing it about 10 years ago um and i'm not sure why exactly it may be because the movie star is not that big of a deal anymore so the last yeah. the last data we have from that is i think from 2012 which said like the biggest movie star was um uh, jennifer lawrence um i mm. believe that's the last one so we haven't had that data and so now we have to sort of like thought experiment in it so like who is the biggest movie star today uh, lester oh
0: geez um
1: we don't have any polling like not that the poll was flawless you know flawless right because polls that are subjective like that are, are kind of you know iffy but
0: yeah, yeah how do we track that that's i mean like i my mind immediately just went back to the Oscars. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, who won best? Uh, you know, but that doesn't necessarily. Yeah.
1: Cause not a lot of people saw the whale.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So who's the
1: big, you know, who's the biggest draw? Like who, what gets people in the seats? Like, um, Tom Holland, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. A lot of Toms. <laughs> All the Toms. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Those are three big movie stars. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is Timmy Chalamet a movie star or is he just like an internet star? You know? Like, do people go to the movies because Timmy Chalamet is in it or do they, um, you know, go to uh, Instagram and Tumblr because Timmy Chalamet is a big star? I don't know.
0: Well, the internet also has to have, like, a a huge effect on, like, celebrity status, right? But it doesn't mean
1: that people go to the – buy tickets because someone's big online. Like, we don't know.
0: You know what? Mm -hmm. It seems like, okay. So that that uh, that new Mario Brothers movie yep, is coming out, yep. and people are so up in arms about um, Chris, Pratt Chris Pratt being the voice right. of Mario <laughs> mm-hmm. because they grew up with um, <laughs> I don't know,
1: <laughs> Cindy Lopper's wrestler buddy.
0: That's, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's Lou Albano.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about. Oh my gosh! I'm talking about in in the like uh, from from Mario 64 on. Uh oh, Charles, Charles oh, Martin. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Well, I guess Lou Albano is my is my Mario.
0: Oh no, no! I did. <laughs> A, 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 make no mistake. Lou Albano is also my Mario. Okay. As soon as 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 soon as this like woohoo, like thing came on, I was like, what the fuck is this? God, too
1: far, Nintendo. No, he's
0: always been. I will like like uh, Lou Albano, yeah. Captain Lou
1: Albano. Um,
0: <laughs> And then, number two would be Bob Hoskins,
1: yeah, yeah, that's
0: true, so you, and then you get these other these other guys, yeah,
1: yeah, so but I get I get like, okay, we have a voice actor, why don't we get the guy who does it in the game? He's also a voice actor, but
0: you know mm-hmm. we need
1: to have dramatic scenes with him. Uh, do we have any proof that he can do like you know, can he cry once Luigi, you know, just the way the movie is Boo-hoo! <laughs> i have no prior information but i am almost sure that that at some point in the movie mario is going to lose his way because he's made a mistake and he's going to Mm -hmm. accidentally betray toad and accidentally betray luigi and he's going to be all by himself this is the way movies Mm -hmm. sort of work he's going to look over a vista and think about taking the pipe back home um Mm -hmm. and he's going to have to you know cry and can this guy who does it the games
0: cry as mario and then luigi's face is going to form out of the clouds (laughs) and tell him to go seek his destiny (laughs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> but no okay yeah so so yeah to your point Keenan, yeah like like uh Chris Pratt would be able to do that right. whereas um I mean I can't speak for uh for right, Charles Martinet right yeah but what I'm saying is is that an example of where the big name celebrity is is no longer as popular as the thing that the kids the kids these kids today <laughs> like are growing up with because mm-hmm. to them the bigger celebrity is
1: the video game like actor. the video game and right Mario. that's a really good point that's a great point. I don't. I don't know if I have an answer for that, but that's absolutely a fantastic point, right? Yeah.
0: Um, and, and they're like up in arms. They're they're like they're like or, or um, what was it like like they they basically made um. Uh, the Sonic movie redo its Sonic, right? Right.
1: Yeah. That seems to have been borne out that that was the smart move. They spent all that money and made it profitable when people were not going to go see Sonic. But, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I mean, that's that's an interesting question. Like, who do we have movie? We certainly don't have movie stars the way we used to. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, what role do uh Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom Holland, Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. Zendaya, Aquafina, Timothy Chalamet, um, Kevin Hart, like do they actually draw people to movies or not? Or are they just the people that we agree are worth money? You know, that we, we pay, we pay the studios that, but is that the reason why people actually go to the movies? I don't know. Interesting. Anybody else? I'm leaving off that list. Who like, who's the top 10 movie stars today?
0: I'm trying to think. I mean, again, my mind keeps on just going back to the, the, the Oscars, you know, um, so Michelle, but Yeo. like the, os- yeah, Michelle, Yeoh. but like the Oscars this year was like so famously about those, um, those actors that I was talking about mm-hmm. previously right. where like they had kind of, they had kind of, um, you know, disappeared for a while and this was their like triumphant return. Right. Absolutely. Um, like you got, you got Brendan Fraser, you got, uh, Kihi Kwan, you got Michelle, Michelle Yeo, Yeo, you got, Angela Bassett, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Angela Lee Bassett. Bassett. Yeah. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. This was this, I, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's obvious, but I really liked it. Oh, and, and Tom Star. Cruise yeah. even,
1: right? And Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah. For yeah, Tom, yeah. I mean, he wasn't nominated for, for acting, but yeah, that was sort of the thing. You're like, oh, like we finally have him back into form. It's the highest grossing movie of the year because it's just an old-fashioned mm-hmm. Tom Cruise at the, at the top of his form.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, Tom Hanks was kind of uh, like overlooked.
1: He won a Razzie Award. I don't know if you heard that.
0: Okay, so not just overlooked, but like.
1: <laughs> I love that performance. So unfortunately, my two favorite best supporting actor performances in the past two years, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks in Elvis and Jared Leto in House of Gucci have won back-to-back Razzie Awards. So maybe <laughs> maybe I am just out of time. <laughs> and what I think is an, is an Oscar-worthy performance is what everyone thinks is a Razzie uh, Award. No, don't say that on the air, Keenan.
0: <laughs> Not while we're doing the show.
1: <laughs> but I think I am more we're likely We're really smart people. <laughs> I'm more likely to I'm more inclined to believe that the Razzies are just out of touch and useless and need to go away. Yeah. Because Tom uh, Hanks yeah. and Elvis, like, what do you want him to be doing as, I, as I this don't know. Dutch con artist who pretends to be a cowboy to sell black music to white people? What, mm-hmm. ki- what kind of grounded performance are you looking for? What accent do you want him to be playing? I don't understand it.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Um, it, like I didn't, I didn't have anything bad to say about that, uh, that performance. No, Cause it's um, great.
1: Cause it's fucking, <laughs> it's
0: fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've hit a nerve here on this. <laughs> So Tom I mean, Hanks
1: can survive winning a Razzie, so it's like yes, it's fine, yes,
0: he will survive. He will survive. I mean, you know, I, like, but uh, I my my favorite uh, moment of the night. Um, well, no, no, I had a lot of uh, uh, favorite moments of the night, but I was I was really really happy um, to uh, to see Janet D. Curtis win. Um, as we all know, famous um, uh, scream queen of Halloween, uh, where she plays Michael Myers' sister.
1: <laughs> Stop! Uh, it, Stop! I'm going <laughs> to throw you out a window. I'm going to drive to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to get in my car from Vegas and drive to LA and find you. <laughs> I'm going to uh, throw you out of a second floor window and I'm going to uh-huh. take a deep breath. And I'm going to look outside and your body will be gone.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happened to him? And then, and then, uh, and then, Ian will burst out of the door. It's like, I shot him six times, six times. <laughs> right.
1: Then it'll turn out that you, you were my brother the whole time or something.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's in the second, movie, the second but, movie. Uh, but in the first movie, it's not true. <laughs> okay oh god okay okay we're almost done we're almost done uh uh, in any case yeah okay so yeah so (laughs) all of this we get we got sidetracked by this joke that uh that kinderman um is is posing so i love this i love how quick they are right Mm -hmm. so karis asks Who's in it? And without missing a beat, right? Uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds, uh, uh, Desdemona, and Othello, Groucho Marx, right? And Karis also, without missing a beat, right? He shoots back, "I've seen it. <laughs> I love that." Right? Like just, just lightning quick, right. right? And and actually, it looks like it was a little too quick for Kinderman, right? Like he sort of he sort of huffs out a laugh in response, like he wasn't expecting yeah. Karis to be so witty, right? <laughs> and I, I like I'm saying, like I think he just met his match here. And and whether or not he was feigning friendship or familiarity at first, I think this scene establishes like a sincere fondness between them. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, like nobody's ever answered the Debbie Reynolds Groucho Marx thing that quickly. Right. <laughs> so then we cut to an over the shoulder of Kinderman looking at Caris. And he says one last time. He asks, "Can Karis think of a priest who fits the bill?" Mm-hmm. And Karis, like Karis, says, "Come on, right?" But Kinderman insists. He's like, "Answer the question, Father Paranoia, right?"
1: <laughs> Father After, Cutesy Flip, Father Paranoia,
0: <laughs> right? We got Father Cutesy Flip. We got Father Paranoia. We got um, uh, Father Fake. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, writer and researcher, right?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after some hesitation, Karis finally relents, right? And I love the wind up to this, right? Like he, you know, he kind of chews the air, he looks around, right? And then he says, You know who I think really did it? And there's like, who? The Dominicans go pick on them, <laughs> and again, like with the zingers, like but but this time Kinderman isn't laughing, right? Like he threatens to deport Karis, <laughs> right? But Karis only smiles, and he turns away to jog up the steps. And I love it's it's because we're looking at these these uh, these minutes so um so closely, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking shot by shot, um and if you just look at that shot like it isolated it really looks like mischievous Karis just said something and he's like, "Eh," and then he turns (laughs) and he runs up the, you know, like before he can get caught, you know, cheese it, Dimmy. Yeah.
1: Great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, And that's another joke, right. About threatening to deport Karis, you know, maybe that's not Mm -hmm. funny today because that means something completely different. But, but again, they're joking, like they are the child children or, or maybe kingdom is a child or grandchild of immigrants. Right. So he's like using that, like, like they're doing it in a brotherly sort of way. Right. Like,
0: Exactly. you greek
1: i could you know like you greek so and so i could get you deported when kinderman is like you know he was treated badly probably when he was a kid he was a german right um, right right because like yeah. we have we have a whole you know that's something i have to explain to kids when we watch um older movies or young people uh, is like um the, the how how race changed and how um you know a lot of South, Southern Europeans and Eastern Europeans were not fully welcomed into whiteness in America until right. later, right? So Greeks, Germans, um, some Scots, some Irish, uh, Poles, Italians—like they were not mm-hmm. seen as fully, fully white. Um, so this would have been within the uh, certainly within Kinderman's generation, and then um, uh, Karis would at least have known about that. He, he probably didn't quite experience it the same way that his um, his mother would have.
0: Today. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's such a weird thing it to think weird, about too. Yeah but it's like today we're watching this in 2023 and it's like these are two white guys talking to each right. other but like e- like even during the filming of this in 1973 mm-hmm. it's like like this is, this is a Greek and a Jew right. a and Jew. they are a German mm-hmm. Jew and they are heavily aware of it right. and their characters are heavily aware of it the writer is heavily aware mm-hmm. of it the director is heavily aware of it and it's just like like all of these undertones that we're not even we're not even picking up on
1: right and um also a lot of those immigrant communities uh would have been and you see this in movies of the 30s and 40s as well very skeptical of the police especially in the 1940s when like the film noir movies come out and people can speak really openly about this and you get immigrant uh depictions of the police that are not flattering at all and um Mm. it was it was the case that most of them would not Want to talk to a cop at all? Even if the cop came around and said, "Here, I'm here to protect you," they'd be like, "No, that's just not something we do around here because the cops persecute us."
0: Right, right. And you got to like, like even then, like, like the the stereotypical like Irish cop, mm-hmm, right? right? Which is like the whitest thing you can think of, right? Like, like I'm Irish, uh-huh, right? and it's just like I'm so like I'm so white. Mm-hmm. Gandalf the White would look at me and be like, "I shall not pass." I don't know.
1: <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going
0: with that. Oh, there's going to be so much editing in this one.
1: <laughs> right. But anyways, yeah. So, like, they they, they have this um, distrust of the police that that's sort of mm-hmm. inherent into their cultures. Um, so I think that might be a little bit – we're wondering about, like, why is Karis playing so cagey? Why is not you say, hey, I don't have any patients like that, right? Like, like he's working yeah. as a doctor protecting his patients, as a priest mm-hmm. protecting his um, his ministry, um, as a right. priest protecting his coworkers, and as a Greek, you know, just – just sort of like, yeah. Oh, you know, no, no cops. Thanks.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh man. Um, but yeah. So, so Karis, you know, smiles and he does his little jog up to the, uh, up to the door of the residence hall mm-hmm. and Kinderman calls after him and He's like, I lied. And Karis turns, He's like, you look like Sal menio mm-hmm. And okay. I, I looked up Sal menio <laughs> He's got the dark hair. Uh-huh. He's got the dark uh-huh. eyes. He's a good looking guy. Um, uh, well, so
1: I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> you, you're very nice. He's sure he's a good looking guy. He's a movie guy. Yeah. 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 But he normally did he normally would play the dweebs and stuff. Oh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that okay, because I was a little bit lost on the joke. I was like, is Sal Minio not as big as uh John Garfield or Marlon Brando? I guess not. Like, right? like, um,
1: like short?
0: No, no, no. I meant big as in like big name.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. He's not as big of a name, but he's he's like a short guy as well. He's like a he's okay. sort of he was sort of stereotyped as like the little guy. So his most famous thing is him um playing Rub Without a Cause, so like the, the nerdy, maybe gay, um dweeby, soft character who's sort of in love with with
0: James D. Okay. So, okay. So like an equivalent today was like, it's like, Hey, did it like they, they would meet at first mm-hmm. and, and he would, uh, uh, Kinderman would be like, like to Karis. It's like, Oh, did anybody ever tell you, you look like uh, Tom Hiddleston? And, <laughs> and then, but the end is like, I lied. You look like Paul Dano. <laughs>
1: yeah is that, is yeah i oh, like that okay, all right okay. yeah so like paul dano uh, or michael Sarah. uh oh, okay yeah, i don't know i think i think paul dano is really really ooh. <laughs> ooh. oh okay and then well, some, and some ladies love their their paul dano but yeah that's the idea yeah, like, that's yeah. exactly the idea so the fablemans people. <laughs> <laughs> right like, there um, will be blood oh yeah. uh geez what's my favorite there's a movie where he plays um brian wilson paul dano that, that is very oh, okay. or, or, or uh did you ever see um, the Daniels' first movie Swiss Army Man.
0: No, oh, you it, see Everyone's that. been talking about you it, like, see that and, and I and love you, uh, everything, everywhere so yeah, much. That's that's yeah. the Paul Dano. Woo. that's sexy okay. stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. But it is it's is exactly like that. It's like, um, yeah. You ever tell you look like you look like Chris Hemsworth?
0: <laughs>
1: and, mm. and I lied. You look like Michael Sarah.
0: <laughs> ah, okay, okay.
1: Uh, yeah. And I think I I forget if Minio had died at this point. No, he was still alive. So he also, Sal Minio also has, um, one of these famous Hollywood deaths. That's like a mystery, um, where he was, um, most people, I don't know most people, but a lot of people read it as he was out cruising for gay sex and he got, he got killed. Well, doing, oh. got stabbed. Yeah. Um, and that, that's like, that's like the Hollywood, um, legend at least about it. But he, he was sort of mugged on the street and they wonder why, why this person, you know, this richer person was in such a bad neighborhood, et cetera. And, um, uh, yeah. So we don't really know, but that's the, that's the Hollywood intimation is that he was died while out looking for gay sex.
0: Why is gay sex important in
1: that story? Because he because he was cruising. Why did you say sex? No, like, no, it has to be because he was out cruising is the idea. Like he was that you know that you couldn't just go to gay bars and things you had to put yourself in dangerous situations unfortunately because you couldn't be out.
0: Oh, is that what cruising yeah, is? Yeah, cruising
1: is like oh yeah, like cruising like the freekin cruising, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's out it's it's going out there and looking, you know, and like like you go and you're like making eye contact with a guy and you know, you either are flirting with him and he turns out he's flirting with you, or you flirt with him and he is not flirting with you and you get beat up.
0: Oh, okay. So it was like a, a, a gamble. Yes. Like a, wow. And, and
1: uh, okay. people still do that today. Um, it, it's become part of like, um, you know, gay culture that like some people are really into um, the danger of that. And it's just sort of how gay sex uh, has worked traditionally. So. But
0: even when now you could like just like easily yeah. like like find a community and yeah. and,
1: and go to a bar, huh. go to your church. I mean, you know, like yeah. like P meets his husband. You know, <laughs> like like on like a Christian gay dating site or something like that. You know, yeah, it's not like yeah. that uh, back in the day. No, wow. Anyways, cut out of whatever you have, know, but so, you know, it's, it wouldn't be the extra minute yeah, yeah, yeah. if I didn't tell you how these uh, these people met their untimely death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The terrible things. I love – I can count the number of times where like I just keep – like I'm, I'm editing and I hear you. It's just like, oh, you're going to cut this out for sure. <laughs>
1: it's such a bummer.
0: <laughs> and then I leave it in including the part where you say you're going to cut this out.
1: But yes, anyways, so so he's yeah that that's a good interpretation of yeah he's making fun. Of, he said he said oh you you look like this sexy movie star guy and now I'm saying you look like this, like this famous dweeby guy
0: like this B B movie guy yeah, yeah you, you look like Marlon Brando but no you look like oh who's who's um um Freddie Corleone
1: oh John Cazale yeah yeah I
0: lied they
1: you look, look like, like John Cazale, Cazale.
0: <laughs> or it would be Al Pacino then then uh, John Cazale right, right yeah 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 uh. and anyway. he died young. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> but that was lung cancer, you know. He was a smoker, and
0: um, yeah, 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 yes, yeah.
1: yes, 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 uh, yes. With
0: no he died with Meryl
1: Streep at his side, so he, you know, oh. Yes, he's, he's,
0: he's,
1: but oh, you yeah. know, like sometimes I sometimes ask, like, who's the greatest m- movie actor of all time, and I think uh. there are options, like Meryl Streep, and um. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando, Lawrence Olivier. Some people say Daniel Day mm-hmm. Lewis, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, right? Uh, mm-hmm, Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone said, "No, I figured it out." The correct answer is John Cazale. Hmm. He was in The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, The Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon, and The Deer Hunter, and then died in a relationship with Meryl Streep. So he like has the best career of anyone.
0: You know mm-hmm. what? Measuring on that scale, <laughs> he absolutely, absolutely. wins.
1: <laughs>
0: well, there you go. He's good, not like everybody says.
1: <laughs> He's smart. Tell him Merrill. He's smart. <laughs> I'd say that John is John is very smart. I did that crossword all by myself. <laughs> let me know if you like my Merrill Sheep impression. I think it's hard to do an impression of an impressionist, but um mm-hmm. let me know if you
0: liked it. I like it.
1: Thank you. I really like it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's stop this.
0: <laughs> okay, this madness. Okay. Yeah, so in any case, this Sal Mineo line, right? This is met with another smile from our boy, Father Karras. Again, just a ray of sunshine in this movie, a breath of fresh air. We see them smiling so rarely. It surprises us when we do see it. He, he turns and he enters the residence hall, and that is where our minute ends. Mm-hmm. Keenan, is there anything else we missed or that we didn't? go off the beaten path and talk about also uh
1: no i think that's enough
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can see the little hook just like the vaudeville hook uh, yeah
1: oh but then and then if you have if you have any ideas about who the big movie stars are today that i left up my list it's something i'm constantly asking and trying to keep um track
0: of Mm, so mm. oh yeah that's good yeah yeah um yes yeah folks write in the minute at gmail.com Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can find me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark,
1: and I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterbox as Howdy Keenan.
0: Yes, and we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. And thank you so much to everyone who has uh, shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to anyone who has given us a five star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find. More people, more cool people like you. Okay. Kenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of John, John Cazal compels you.